God. Amen. Which leads quite well into this next song, which is speaking about the goodness of God. So when we sing it out, let's sing it from our hearts of thanksgiving, our hearts that are so honouring our God this morning because He is worth it in every single way. Lord, you're good. Lord, you are good and your mercy and your forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy and your forever. Sing that again. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy and your forever. So good. Lord, you are good and your mercy and your forever. By them and say, God is good. Sing it again. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever, forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. People, people from every nation and tongue, from generation to generation. Yes, you are. So good, so good, so good. Hey. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. For your good. You are good all the time. All the time. You are good. You are good all the time. All the time. You are good. Sing it out, church. You are good. Yeah. All the time. You are good, Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy and your rest forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy and your rest forever. Sing it out, church. Lord, you are good and your mercy and your rest forever. So good. Lord, you are good and your mercy. From every nation and 
so cool. It's really, really good. Why don't you give your neighbor a high five and take a seat? Great to see you this morning. We give you a very warm welcome to Activate Church. If this is your first or second time, we give you a very warm welcome. After the service, you're free to go through into the foyer area and collect a white pack. There is some visitors' details, a free coffee card. You're most welcome to help yourselves to those. So if you're a visitor this morning, could you give me a wave? We'd love to welcome you. Great. Church, can we put our hands together to welcome our visitors? Wonderful to have you with us this morning. And today's a special day. It's a CIA celebration, a church in action celebration. So our services are a little bit shorter and our time to hang out over Crossover Cafe is a little bit longer. So there's coffee, there's food, there's even sausages. So if you smell those cooking through the service or through the gathering, you'll know what that's all about. So we're having food afterwards. So hang around. We're going to have an awesome time together. And hasn't Church in Action been an amazing month? Isn't it cool? All those things, the muckin' day, the light party, the food collection, many other things, it's amazing. And guess what? There's even more happening today. So that's fantastic. Well, as I said, today is our CIA celebration, and uh, it's just fantastic to be here today. This evening, we've got a bonfire after baptisms this evening. So isn't that awesome? I remember the old days of the bonfire. I could tell you lots of stories about that, but we better keep moving on. Church, once a year, we have this privilege of receiving what we call the CIA offering. It's an annual thing where we as a church give to bless people in our church who are finding things a little bit challenging over 12 months or so. We started this, this is our third year in fact. So over the last 12 months, we've been able to help families that have struggled to send their kids to school camps. Maybe they just couldn't go, but because as a church family, we've set some money aside to help those that are finding things challenging, we can help them get their kids to camp. Other families have had struggles filling up their pantry. We're going to be able to say, here's a supermarket voucher, fill up your pantry. Isn't that cool? It is absolutely awesome. Last year, we raised over $7,000 in our CIA offering. And here's the thing, Pastor Sheridan and I, we have no idea where the money goes to. Pastor Jan looks after all of that. If you're a life group leader and you know there's a need in your life group, come and see Pastor Jan afterwards. She'd love to arrange something to help people in our family. And I think it's so good that we can care for one another in our church family in a really practical way. So shortly we're going to have the opportunity to receive our CIA offering to bless our community, our church family over the next 12 months. So I'm going to ask the host team if they would ready themselves. But firstly, let us pray. Father, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that we can come into your presence and celebrate. And your presence is the fullness of joy. And Father, it's such a joyous and wonderful thing to give. To give into your kingdom, to invest into your purposes. And Lord, as we receive this offering today, I pray you bless every giver. But I pray the reach of it will go far and wide to help families in our church that find themselves struggling for whatever reason. But Lord, may these gifts be a blessing that, Lord, the fame of your name may be broadcasted far and wide. And everyone said, 
Amen. As the host team receive this offering, we're going to play some highlights from the CIA month. And then after that, we're going to do birthdays. So that would be cool. Absolutely fantastic. Of all the things we could be doing on a Sunday morning, to be out here mucking in, making a difference, fantastic. Definitely been able to show the support for the local school and being able to uh, talk with the kids that are out, out and around here playing ball, showing that, that there's uh, you know, a community out here that supports them and what they do. I think this is awesome. For a reason, you're helping the community. It's been good, kids involved, everyone involved. Yeah, let's put our hands together. Isn't that fantastic? Well done, church. It was an amazing time together. Well, it's time to celebrate birthdays and wedding anniversary. If you've had a birthday or a wedding anniversary over the last week, why don't you stand to your feet, come out down here and help yourself to a chocolate bar. I'm also going to invite Kat Dimes to come. Kat has been serving on the projector there or what's it called now? Visuals. Visuals. That's the new terminology for it. Kat has been serving for over 12 months and um, now she's heading down to the South Island. So fantastic. Thank you so much. So church, can we put our hands together for Kat and everybody here this morning? Why don't you stand to your feet as we declare this prayer of blessing over them? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Fantastic, guys. Well done. Awesome.
Isn't celebration fun? It is so good to celebrate. It really, really is. Yeah, so it's my pleasure to invite Grant. He's going to come and share around the communion table. Yeah, thanks, Grant. Good morning, everyone. Hello. I'd just uh, first like to say thank you uh, to the leadership along here for giving me the opportunity this morning to share communion. I don't know about you, but I love communion and what it's all about. Jesus has asked us to put aside time, to lay down our worries and busy lives and take a moment and acknowledge the bond we have with him and acknowledge the sacrifice he paid for us. It's a special time, a rest time to commune with him. Communion not only gives Jesus the honour, respect and reverence he deserves, but also helps us focus and reminds us of who we have become because of him and who he is. This morning I'd like firstly to look at who Jesus is and then lastly one point on why he did what he did. Uh, now I'm sure there are more examples but I've chosen eight for this morning. Seems quite a lot but it won't be too long. These are here to help us focus as we take communion shortly. Kat could you um, put those up please? So who is Jesus? To me he is our healer our undeserved gift, our pathway, our teacher, our absolver, it's a big word, but um, we'll get there, an advocate, our rescuer, and our friend and brother. So why did Jesus do what he did? I want to look at this a little bit further, uh, the last one on the list there, our friend and brother. Now, for the sake of time, I won't read all the um, scripture that I have for you because it's fairly long. Um, I'll just highlight some portions of it for you. It's Hebrews chapter 2, verses 9 to 18. I love this. Verse 9, he, Jesus, tasted death. Verse 10, Jesus was made perfect through suffering. Verse 11, both the one who makes men holy, Jesus, and those who are made holy, man, are of the same blood. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. Verse 12, Jesus says, I would declare your name, that's God's name, to my brothers. Jesus first mentions this in Matthew 12, 46 to 50. Verse 13, Jesus says, I will put my trust in him. That's God again. Verse 14, he, Jesus, shared in our humanity. Verse 15, Jesus gave freedom for those held in slavery. What I love about this passage is that, that it, what I love about this passage is that it wasn't just us Jesus did this for, but he did it for himself. He did it so that he may be able to sympathize with us, understand us. In verse 17, for this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful, faithful high priest and service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to, uh, he is able to help those being tempted. Just imagine what that might look like today. It's something I don't think we want to experience, 
but for some people, it's a reality. I don't know if you can remember in 2009, a young boy in Australia, um, Queensland, Australia, uh, Jordan Rice, he, he told the rescuers to save his younger brother first from the car which was being submerged during big floods. He sacrificed his turn for the sake of his brother. John 15:13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. As we take communion, I want us to take a moment and thank Jesus for the physical man or brother he chose to become. Have the elements been handed out? Oh, good. <laughs> um, and the merciful, faithful high priest he became when he suffered for our sins. So if we could have those um, eight things back up again. Kat, thank you. Now, these are here again, obviously, just to help us focus. So I just want us to reflect for a moment, then I'll pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you chose this mission. We thank you that you chose to enter the world to take on the mantle of man so that we may be joined in common union with you. By your body being broken, we are able to be uh, reconciled back to the Father. We take this bread to remember you. Jesus, we thank you for your blood that was spilt. We thank you that in that moment our sins were forgiven. We thank you that you chose to declare us as your brothers and sisters. By doing so, you sacrificed yourself to make a new way back to the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Please drink. Thank you, Grant. Fantastic. Well done. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you? Good? 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 Some better than others? Fantastic. Good. Celebrating CIA. I thought it was a great month. Really was. And, um, you know, it's great to be able to celebrate it. And that was just some of the things, actually, on the screen, eh? It wasn't everything that happened. It really was a great month and um, exciting. Very exciting. By the way, this coming Tuesday, I think, we've got prayer, momentum prayer, this coming week as well, so that'll be exciting. I'm leading a team to India this week again, so six of us are going, and hopefully after this week, the platform will be set so that a few others can take teams across there. So it's going to be a flying visit, and uh, we're in the Punjab for about a week, and then Jan and myself are stopping in Thailand with Peter and Wow 
on the way home for a few days to see how they're doing and to encourage them. So it'll be a big week, but it'll be good, a good week. Well, today is the, uh, we're, we're back in the book of Ephesians. They need my password, I can tell. You want my password? Oh, hang on. Speak amongst yourselves just for a moment. Thank you. Right, we're good to go now. It's going to pop up there in a minute. It'll be great. So we're back in the book of Ephesians today, and um, it, it's the start of a new phase in our exploration of the book of Ephesians. It's quite, and I think it's quite significant considering that this is celebrating CIA today. So you'll notice if you look at the book of Ephesians that it's actually broken into two parts. Now, we've been working this whole time reading the book of Ephesians through three lenses. Those lenses are God and Jesus, which is primarily in chapters 1 to 3, goodness, and also transformation. But the book itself is broken quite clearly into two parts, and the focus uh, of the two parts is a little different. Part one is the position of the Christian. And part two is the practice of the Christian. Part one is Ephesians chapters 1 through to 3. And part two is Ephesians chapters 4 through to 6. So today we're starting on chapter 4. And so we're starting into the second part of the book, which will be great. So the first half part of the book there was about primarily about belief, and it focused in on the privileges of Christians. It focused in on the fact, on, on some of the, the privileges that we have, like our identity in Christ, things like sonship, the fact that we have received every spiritual blessing, grace, our inheritance, the fact that we are chosen, and on revelation of God. The second part that we're moving on to is about behavior. It's about the responsibilities of Christians. And it talks about things like unity. Unity is a choice. Did you know that? It's a choice. It talks about holiness. It talks about relationships in the home, in the workplace, all around. And it also talks about disagreements. How to handle those well. It's Christian. So it's really good. So if you look at the flow of the book, Ephesians starts in heaven and it works its way down to our conduct in the home. It's a beautiful book, and there's something in there for everyone as we read through it. Actually, in the second part of Ephesians that we're going to look at, chapters 4 to 6, there are 35, or at least 35 directives regarding believers' responsibilities and their conduct. 35 directives to us. Paul outlines that our spiritual wealth is the root of our practical response. Now, I think that's really important because you could easily look at the second three chapters of Ephesians and go, oh, it's telling us what to do. It's kind of rules. It says you have to do. But you've got to read it in context. Actually, the second three chapters are a response to the first three chapters. It's not a you have to. It's, wow, God, you are absolutely mind-blowing. Therefore, I will. As a response, I like a, a quote I found 
um, says this, behavior does not determine blessing. Instead, blessing should determine behavior. Do you want that again? I think it's quite good. Behavior does not determine blessing. Instead, blessing should determine behavior. So, Ephesians is divided into two sections. The first section is really explaining the gospel and the benefits of the gospel. The second section, starting at chapter 4, is looking at our response to the gospel. In other words, the implications of Christian living. When I was a young man, younger, because I am still young, you may have noticed. Thank you, thank you. Younger than some. I dread the day I turn 50, because I tell you, every, every, every comment I've made about Ray is going to come back and bite me big time. <laughs> I know he's already planning it, and he's got five years to wait. It's going to be terrible. It was wonderful, though. Earlier this year, I said to Jan, I said, I can't believe I'm 47. Where have those years gone? And she said, you're not. You're only 45. I was like, yes! Woohoo! Anyway, when I was a younger man, like a kid, I can remember growing and I can remember dreaming of perhaps how I could serve God. Back when I was a little, little kid, I thought mission, being a missionary would be really cool. And um, you know, in particular, I thought that, I like the MAF, I think they're called. You know the ones that fly, the missionaries that fly? Because I liked aeroplanes, I liked God, I fig- figured you could put the two together and it would be awesome. You could be a missionary that flies. And, um, and that would be a good thing, and the possibilities of that. Then as I hit my teenage years, it was all about motorcycles. For me, it was just motorcycles, motorcycles, motorcycles. And I used to dream of the impact I could have on the world as a champion motorcycle racer for Christ. Now, I will stand this side of that, my teenage years, and say my motives probably weren't pure. It was probably more about motorcycles than God. I was just trying to weave God into the equation. But you know what that's like, because you've all done it too. <laughs> so so that, was, that was that. And then I got to my late teens and my early 20s. Well, my late teens, I just made a hash of those. But in the, in, the, in the later teens and the early 20s, I started to dream about businesses and business opportunities and how I could make money and how I could set myself up and what I could do to, to become wealthy. Well, you see, all of these things are only potential, of course, when you've never done them. But it's important to su- submit our potential to God. Because until you've done it, everything's only potential. There's no guarantee in life that anything that you've planned will come to pass. I've learnt that from observation and the hard way. There's no guarantee. But it's so important that we submit our potential to Christ. Because when God gets hold of our potential, anything could happen. I tried all sorts of things from the time I left school to an apprenticeship, had an insurance agency, managed a business, had my own business, tried all sorts of things. And I found that although I was doing okay and I was enjoying those things to some degree, they never really grasped my passion or my potential. They're just, it just didn't quite do it for me. I had this gnawing feeling down deep inside that I wasn't sure about, but I had a, a gnawing kind of feeling, kind of suspicion that actually God wanted me 
involved in the church environment. Now I say me, not necessarily you. He wanted me in the church environment. Then one day, I was prophesied over. That in fact, that was where God wanted me. And today, here I am in the church environment, leading church. Now, I don't in any way feel like I've arrived. I don't feel in any way like I've got it all together. But what I do feel like is that this is what God's made me for. This is what God's made me for. This is where I fit. I'm not looking for the next thing anymore. This is what he's made me for. This is what he's called me to. I wonder this morning what God's called you to. I wonder this morning what God's made you for. Because there'll be something. You may not have discovered it yet, but there'll be something that God's calling you to. You see, we have this um, lovely diagram here at Activate Church with the 10 areas that we want to influence society. I think every one of us has been called to one of those areas somewhere to live our lives, to be influential for the kingdom of God, wherever we are, whenever we are, there, be like Jesus. Every one of us has been called. Because the Bible tells us very clearly that every one of us has been called. Your, clear, your call might not be clear. It may still feel a little mysterious to you. But make no mistake, you have been called. By God, which I think is awesome. Every single one of us, not one of us in this room, can sit here and say, Well, God hasn't called me. No, every one of us have been called by God. Every one. Now, if we go to Ephesians chapter 4, I love this. Paul has just finished waxing lyrical about God's mysterious and wonderful plan and his love for us. And then he changes into this new section of the book and he goes like this Ephesians 4 1. Therefore, I. A prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. If, um, the message puts it like this it says, In the light of all this, here's what I want you to do. When I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. It's good, isn't it? Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, that's Paul writing about him. Now here he goes, beg you to lead a life worth Worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Your calling. Calling, klesius, means invitation. 
means invitation. God has given each of us an invitation to accept. It's an invitation of responsibility, and it's also an invitation for relationship. And he's given it to every single one of us. I beg you, lead a life worthy of, lead a life, if you're going to lead a life worthy of your invitation, that is going to look like something, and that's what we're going to unpack over the weeks to come. But it's going to look like something. A, a life worthy of your calling. It's interesting, I'm an observer of life, I'm an observer of people, and I think often one of the challenges for us is to live a life that is worthy, a life that looks worthy of our calling. Now, it's not something we can manufacture, but it is something as a response of God we will walk into. And it doesn't matter whether you, where you are in the journey, you, your aim, my aim, is to be progressing on the journey of what it is a life, to live a life that's worthy of my calling. I would like to think that the life I'm living today is different than it was 10 years ago, which was different than it was 10 years before. And it's going the right way, I hope, on the scale. I think one of the great, um, one of the great indicators of someone's life is language. If you listen to language, you can, you can tell a whole lot about a person just by listening to the language. One of the things that really bugs me with, um, with um, well, a lot of people, a lot of, lot of people, but particularly in the, the younger generation coming through, is pushing the boundaries on language that swearing and cursing becomes normal language. I'm going, it's not normal language. Don't try and normalise it. Normalise it. That's a new word. Normalise. It's mine, okay? You heard it here first. Normalise it. Don't try and normalise it. It's actually pushing the boundaries past what is right. There's some things that are right, some that are wrong. I know we can push the boundaries, but don't push them too far. You know? You go, actually, is this language, is this language representing the king well? Is this language representing my calling well? Well, if it's not, don't use that language. Simple. Very, very simple. Very simple. So I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. You're not being called just by anyone. You've been called by God. You imagine if the phone rang. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, hi, is that Sheridan? Yeah, Steve here. Steve, Steve who? Steve Hanson. Oh, g'day. How you doing? Yeah, I just I want you to come and join us in camp. Now that's probably not going to happen, but you know, I want you to come and join us in camp. We've got an important little tournament coming up, and it'd be like, wow! A call from the All Black coach. My goodness. Or I pick up the phone. Hey, it's John here. How you doing? Is that Sheridan? Yep, yep. John who? John Key. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I just need you to pop down to Wellington for the weekend. Got some stuff for you to do. It would be like, wow! Well, this is that you are called by God. Hey, Sheridan, speaking, how you doing? Yeah, good, good. It's God here. Imagine that. Well, that's exactly what the scripture says. We've been called by God. You have been called by God and live a life worthy of that. That's just a wee bit challenging. The same thought of uh, living in response to God is echoed throughout the scripture. Philippians 1.27 says, Above all else, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a worthy manner of the good news about Christ. 
Colossians 1.10, then the way you live will always honour and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. I love that verse, the sense of journey, the sense of growth. Because when you read scriptures like this, particularly, you know, my life needs to reflect God, you measure your life about where you are now. You know, I've decided that if most of us talk to each other the way that we talk to ourselves, the world would be a miserable place. True, isn't it? No one beats up on you like yourself. No one does. And it's really good sometimes just to stop and assess where you've come from and assess what you're aiming for, but realize that you're on the journey. You're breathing still, you're still on the journey. It doesn't matter where you find today, what circumstances you find yourself surrounded by today, it is not a destination if you've got breath in your lungs. It is part of your journey. Don't get hung up on where you are right now. Keep looking forward, just keep moving, keep moving. 1 Thessalonians 2.12, we pleaded with you, encouraged you and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy, for he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. Love that. Can I ask you a question? How are you responding to God's invitation? How are you responding to God's invitation? You are responding. How are you responding? As I see it, there's two invitations. The first invitation is about getting our life connected with God. That's the first invitation. The first invitation is from God saying, come on, I want to walk this life's journey with you. I want to journey with you. I want us to be connected I want us to walk together. I want us to do this thing called life together. And that doesn't happen automatically. That is a choice. That is a choice that we respond to his invitation. And this morning, his invitation is there. I don't know uh, where everyone in this room has come from. I don't know where you're at with God, but I think it would be the greatest thing today if you left this room knowing that you've started a journey that you are connected with God. And that's his invitation to us firstly. He says, come on, get connected. Well, you could be sitting there going, well, I'm not good enough. I've just got to get down the journey a little bit further. And then I'll connect with God. I've just got to get a few more ducks in a row. I've got to sort a few more things out. I've just got to kick that smoking habit. I've just got to, whatever, I don't know. Well, the problem is with that thinking, you will never be good enough. Because none of us are good enough. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he's good enough because we aren't. And we don't have to be because he is. And when we receive his invitation and say, okay, I want to walk with you, I want to journey with you, I want to travel with you, then we are traveling with his goodness, not our own. I wonder this morning if there's anyone here and you've never started a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've never stepped onto that journey. Or perhaps you're here this morning and you've been on it and for whatever reason you've stepped back, way back. Well, this morning would be a great opportunity, a great time to 
step up again, to embrace the invitation, and to go, God, let's start this journey, or let's go on this journey together. Can I ask you just to bow your heads, give people on your left and right a little privacy, and I'm going to um, ask you to lift your hand in just a moment. If you're saying, yes, Jesus, I want to step into relationship with you for the very first time, or this morning, Jesus, I'm signaling that I'm coming back to you. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand, and you're not really responding to me, you're responding to God. But I really want to acknowledge you. And at the end of the meeting, I invite you to come down here, and I'd love to pray with you as well. You know if you need to respond to Jesus today. Your heart's probably pounding away at the moment. It's saying to you, you know, you need to respond. You need to connect. You need to get reconnected. And I really pray this morning that you've got the boldness of spirit to lift your hand up and say, okay, Jesus, today's the day. Let's start a new journey. I receive your invitation. Let's get on track. Today, if you know you need to do that, can you lift your hand now so I can see you, please? Just hold it up quickly and I'll acknowledge you. I'm just going to wait a few more moments. That's awesome. Well done. I've seen two women lift their hands to Jesus this morning. A couple more seconds. That's great. Well, the Bible tells me the angels party. I reckon that's a good reason for us to party. Why don't we give these two ladies a massive big hand? Fantastic. Come and see me at the end. I'd love to pray with you. What I would like to do now is I want to talk just for a moment about the call of God and on our lives. And I want to give opportunity this morning for us to, and I'd like everyone to be involved with this. I'm not going to um, freak you out too much. Too much could be the key words there. But anyway, um, I would really like us to Can I get that again, or is it turned off? Helps if I push the right button. There you go. What I want us to do is think about this diagram, the areas of influence, because God has called us to be influential in society. There's no doubt about that. He's called us to live a life. It's worthy of the kingdom. It's worthy of the king. That's an influential life. And what I would like us to do is I want us to stand together. I'm going to break you into groups. And we're going to stand together in the area that God's called us to. I'll explain the areas as we go through. By the time I get to 10, my expectation is there'll be no one left sitting down. And then what I'm going to do is form you into some circles. And we're going to pray together. I'm not, don't panic. I'm not going to get you to pray out or anything like that if you're freaking right now. I'm going to lead you in prayer as a group. I am absolutely believing this morning that 
God is going to anoint people for service. He's going to anoint people to live the life He's called us to live. That this morning in the Spirit, there's going to be a release of courage. There's going to be a release of purpose. There's going to be a release of identity. And that God's going to shift something in people's spirits. So, if you are involved in the health and science areas, or that's where your life is heading, you might not be there yet, it might be potential. But you're going, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to be a doctor, I want to be a nurse, I want to be a scientist, whatever it is. If you are involved in health and science, why don't you jump up on your feet right now? Brilliant. Why don't you guys come down the front and just stand here together? Fantastic. What about government? Stand in a group together, introduce yourselves, and I'll, um, I'll, I'll work the rest out later. What about government? Is there anyone here who is involved or wants to be involved in local government, national, that's not national party, that's like as in New Zealand, government? Anyone? No one. Oh, that could be you. Yeah, why not? Why not? You come and stand down here. <laughs> sport and recreation. If you want to be involved in the areas of sport or you are involved in the areas of sport and recreation. So why don't you guys go over that way? Could be work, could be sport. Uh, you know, you play on a team. Maybe you, um, you are the next budding. All black coach, yeah, all black coach. Maybe you coach sport, that's good. You've got incredible influence. Come and stand over here. That'd be great. The next one is education. You're a teacher, you're a professor, you're involved on a board, you're whatever with education. You're on the PTA, whatever, with education. Great. Yeah, there's a few of you. Great. Why don't you guys go in the back corner over there? Media and technology. Have we got anyone and that's your, that's your thing? Great. One. Anyone else in media and technology today? Two. Three. Great. Why don't you guys go uh, sort of like straight at the back? Social. That would be like you're a social worker, you're doing anything around social development, those kind of things. Brilliant. Kip, why don't you go that way? Just stand there somewhere. Glenn, great. Yeah, awesome. That way, brilliant. What's next one? Arts and entertainment. Gather in your groups a little bit more. You guys are way too spread out down there. Lots of educators, eh? Wow, look at that. Far out. That's awesome. What was the next one? Arts and entertainment. Anyone this morning with an arts and entertainment? Great couple. Um, go over there, there if you like, Rachel, right in the middle. Um, I keep looking at my thing. It's not even there. Uh, family. You could be involved with building the family. You might be a mum or a dad. And your influence and your commitment is just to building an awesome family. No just. I said just there. I didn't mean to. It's not just. It's huge. How about you guys go down by the door? Commerce and law. Anyone in commerce and law? Great. Jump up on your feet. Commerce and law. Where should I put you guys? How about... Yeah, you guys gather fairly tightly there and you guys go kind of that way. Worldview. 
worldview includes um, church. If you're a minister, if you are doing something that shapes people's worldviews, religious, probably. Great, you guys can just stay right where you are. Okay, that's it. That's it. Now, if you're, if you're sitting down, if you're still sitting down, you just need to open your, the, the boundaries a little bit because you're going to fit into one of those somewhere. Who was health and education? Hold your hands up. Great. Government. Sports and recreation. Great. So if you're sitting down, go to one of those. Education. Wow, look at that. Beautiful. Media and technology. Which way was that? That way. Great. Um, social. Arts and entertainment. Family. Commerce and law. That way. And worldview. This way. Great. Make a move. Make a move. And if you're still really, really stuck and got absolutely no idea, come and stand in front of me if you'd like to. So what I want us to do, what I want you to do is form a circle. That's going to be reasonably challenging for Graham. <laughs> Graham, you join this group here. I don't want anyone on their own. Okay, so all join a circle facing inwards. Good, you can do that. You're going to have to go fairly close with your shoulder to shoulder. Great. Because what I want you to do is once you're in the circle, I want you to turn left. Not too left. Face the person in front of you. And then I want you to put your hand on their shoulder. Good. Great. <clears throat> the Bible says with the laying of hands. Here we are, we're laying of hands now. What I want you to do, and I'm going to pray as well, is I want you to pray God's blessing over the person that your hand is on. That they will be influential in the area that God has called them to. That they will be able to live a life that is worthy of the invitation of God. I want you to release courage. I want you to release purpose. I want you to release a kingdom focus on their lives that they will be effective wherever God's got them. Good. We're going to pray like that for 30 seconds and we're going to turn the other way. You're going to put the hand on the person on your right. You're going to pray like that for 30 seconds. Good. Great. Here we go. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for these wonderful people that you've called. Lord, it's our honour to respond to your invitation. And this morning, we declare your favour over these ones' lives. Father, I ask that you would fill them with courage this morning in Jesus' name, that you would fill them with purpose this morning in Jesus' name. There would be a revelation about what you've called each of us to and the influence that we carry. Father, I ask that you would open every door that needs to be opened so that people can walk through. And I ask that your people would find themselves in places of prominence, that your people would be ones who make policy, who put um, shape the culture in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I ask even now that you would anoint them for the purpose you have for them. Holy Spirit, that you would rest on every person right now. 
in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. How about you turn around to the right? Let's pray similarly over that person. Father, again, I thank you for every person. Lord, we ask for revelation this morning, that there would be a sense of purpose, that you would start to paint a picture for people. Father, I pray particularly for those that can't see it clearly yet, that there would be a revelation, there'd be an impartation of revelation this morning, and ideas would come and a picture would start to form. Holy Spirit, anoint every person with courage. in Jesus' name, with a kingdom perspective in Jesus' name. And this morning I ask that you would encourage each one in the point of the journey that we're at, that there is more ahead, that you have more for each of us, that you are an incredibly good God and you're inviting us to partner with you. Holy Spirit, anoint each one. I ask that you would rest on every person this morning, that there would be a tangible sense of your peace and of your love and of your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, just before you sit down, it's all very good to hear, get to this point, but if God has called us and we want to respond to His invitation, live the life He's called us to live, and I believe He's called us all to live influential lives, there is something that you need to do in your world that's going to take you forward a step in your journey. Take a couple of moments this morning, identify what that is, and then resolve to do that this week. Actually do something. Do it this week. And I would recommend, the person might not be in your group, but I would recommend that you share that um, action with somebody close to you that will hold you accountable for doing it. So the week after they can say, did you do that or not? Just one thing. Think of one thing that you can do to set you forward in living the life that God's called you to live and resolve right now to do that this week. Isn't that wonderful? Just take a look around the room and see the areas of influence. Health and science, arts and recreation, education. What are you, you guys in the bag? Just awesome. Wonderful, wonderful. Can I encourage us? Let's put our hands together and congratulate everybody for their area of influence. And how about this? Let's be absolutely, um, what's the word I'm trying to find? Proud in Jesus. How's that?